Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. County on our Super Talk affiliate in Laurel. Brandon Wallace is our on-site producer. Michael Mergen's back in the First Bank studio in Hattiesburg pushing the right buttons to make sure that everything works just right. On the program today, we'll be joined by Patrick McGee in just a, a moment from the Biloxi Sun-Herald recapping signing day for the Southern Miss Golden Eagle football team yesterday, plus talk a little uh, Armed Forces Bowl action. Also, bowl activity with... Uh, co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach Scotty Walden of the Golden Eagles. He'll be joining us. And then from the Bocoma Casino, Ryan Griffin and Chris Hopwood will be here to tell us about a big uh, anniversary celebration going on tomorrow, some other holiday happenings. And, uh, man, the storm, how it missed the storm. by It, just, it, it missed the storm by a matter of feet. Yes, right. And, and actually, we got to tour some of the areas just uh, on the campus here, so to speak. It was, it was really close. And that's all coming up in this hour of the Eagle Hour. This first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a big supporter of this program. And we appreciate uh, their sponsorship, and we hope that you'll patronize them whenever you need that uh, small or big group uh, catering need. Of course, with the holidays coming around, Enjoy the relatives and leave the cooking to Dickie's Barbecue Pit in the Hattiesburg area right next to Turtle Creek Mall. Tom, good to have you along, babe. Thank you, Kay, for having me up yeah. here. I really appreciate it. It should be fun, huh? Yeah, we're going to have a great time. And let's go to Biloxi right now where the professor, Patrick McGee, joins us as he does every Thursday from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. And you can uh, subscribe online, some special holiday rates where you can keep up to date with um, Patrick's daily articles. And if you're a Southern Miss fan, we highly recommend that you do that. Patrick, Merry Christmas to you. Glad to have you along. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to y'all. Thanks for having me as always. All right, well, let's let's start with the latest news and work backwards, Patrick. Uh, earlier this morning, it was announced that Frank Gore Jr., son of Buffalo Bills running back Frank Gore and the third time third on the all-time rushing list in the NFL, has flipped his original commitment of Florida Atlantic and is headed to Southern Miss. Once it was kind of discussed that that might happen. It didn't surprise to me. It was no surprise to me that that happened. But tell us what you know about how that transpired. Well, it, it was it's pretty obvious. Uh, they had, Southern Miss had offered him pretty early in the process whenever he committed to FHU back in June. Uh, Southern Miss was one of his listed as one of his offers at that point. Uh, Paul Ganella is a uh, staff member there at Southern Miss, and he had built a relationship with the Gores, obviously, and Whenever Lane Kiffin uh, left Ole Miss, uh, uh, left FAU for Ole Miss, uh, that really kind of opened the window for Southern Miss to get back in there. Uh, so yeah, it, it paid off. Uh, you know, they, they had to wait a day after you signed 13 guys yesterday. You're waiting in Frank Gore this morning. Uh, Frank Gore Jr. decides this morning that he's going to sign with Southern Miss. So it was a big boost for Southern Miss, and it's it's a name. Sad to this group. I mean, uh, no offense to a lot of these guys. I know uh, 
some folks in Hattiesburg are familiar with the, the players out of Oak Grove and those guys are well regarded. But it wasn't like this class had a lot of really marquee names. So to have Frank Gore Jr. to it, a guy who's uh, got that potential to be a really good running back, and obviously he's got good genes. I think I think it was a nice boost for Southern Miss here in, the, in this science class. Well, one of the things that jumped out at me immediately was how heavy it was in the junior college ranks. What what do you make of that? Because there's some different schools of thought there with heavy junior class, uh, junior college class signings. Yeah, it, I mean you've got 11 out of 14 signees are from junior college, and that is that's pretty unusual. I think there's a couple of guys that will come in and have three years of eligibility in that group. Uh, but it's uh, it's definitely a change. Uh, Jay Hobson admitted that it's going to be the biggest group of junior college guys they've had since they've been here. And know Hobson early on kind of you know said it, it was uh, tough going there early on because they had to deal with so many junior college signings made under Todd Munkin. Uh, I, I think there's probably you can read into it that Jay Hobson understands that next year is the year that they're going to have to win and win pretty big. And if they're going to fill the gaps and make that team uh, uh, capable of winning a conference championship, they had to go the junior college route just to make sure they would uh, be able to fulfill that potential. So, uh, yeah, the pressure is on to win at Southern Miss. The same thing happened with Todd Munson in the third year. And now uh, Jay Hobson coming off the seven-win regular season understands that people are going to expect him to do a little bit better next year. So uh, Southern Miss definitely, definitely busy recruiting junior colleges all the way up to Iowa, you know, everywhere you can imagine. And, and the fact that uh, you got some good receivers in this core, too, would that sh- should we read into the fact, and we'll talk with Scotty Wallen about this a little bit later on in the program as the Eagle Hour continues live from Bocoma Casino in Sandersville today, should we read into that that the Eagles are going to try to open it up even a little more offensively? No, I, mean, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I, I think you know there's that potential. Uh, Jalen Adams is a little bit of a question mark uh, dealing with his injury, and obviously Quiz Watkins will have a a, a tough decision to make after this season whether he wants to go to the NFL. Uh, he's been out there practicing with the team there in bowl preparation. So I think they understood. You know, I think Tim Jones is pretty you know solid to come back next year after a really good season, but uh, they're going to have to build some depth, some experience there receiver and if you lose both Quez and Jalen you know that that really kind of creates an issue so I I think they realized they had to go uh, strong to get some experienced receivers in and I I think they did a really good job with Brownlee and Robinson those are two guys that are uh, really highly regarded. Patrick Todd Elsey here thank you for joining us again let's kind of put a wrap here above on the recruiting obviously there's a secondary signing period in February so we you don't really know who's going to be coming in in the spring but so far with this early signing period, just overall thoughts on the recruiting class we have for USC and where they rank and stack up against our uh, opponents at Conference USA. I haven't really seen the rankings as far as where they play Southern Miss in, in the conference standings. I always think those are pretty loaded. <laughs> you just, you know, especially yeah. when judging. You really don't know until about three USA. years down the road. Yeah, it, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this this won't be a very big, a uh, very big class. Even in, in in once they get to February, they may only sign maybe three to four guys. Uh, so. Uh, Jay Hobson acknowledges this will be a small group just kind of based on the way things have kind of shaken 
taking out, or you know, whether it's giving guys scholarships on roster or taking it maybe a transfer here or there. Uh, this is going to be a small class. Uh, they've signed 14. It may not be bigger than 18 or something by the time it's all said and done. Uh, but it was just all a matter of trying to uh, meet the needs and build depth in the secondary and, and uh, add some quality options there at receiver and also kind of answer some issues where they have graduations coming up on the defensive line. I think they've kind of met those needs. And if it's, if, if every recruiting class is best on, you know, is, is judged on how well they meet a team's needs, I think Southern Miss did fairly well. And I know this is this is kind of a random question, and it's way out there on on the on the wing. But since the bowl game for the Eagles is scheduled January fourth, the Armed mm-hmm. Forces Bowl against uh, Tulane in Fort Worth, would that would that constitute a second semester? Meaning, if hypothetically a player was not eligible because of academics after the first semester, would that mean they would not be eligible for the bowl game? I wonder. I, I wonder what the answer to that would well, be. And hopefully, I'm- nobody's in that situation. Well, there are, you know, throughout my uh, career, there's always those one or two guys that, you know, don't make the trip because of grade. Uh, so, I mean, that's something you just always have to keep, keep an eye on. It, it would make sense that a later bowl game probably comes into play there. Uh, it's, you know, looking back, the last time they played a game this late, I think, was the game that's in Mobile. Uh, I think it was, I think it was where they, I think it was Ohio. Who they play, but yeah, this is this is a little unusual, and yeah, I mean, grades may play a factor for a guy or two. Before we let you go, Patrick, uh, shifting gears to basketball now, the Eagles did not play well against North Florida at uh, Reed Green Coliseum and then go take on one of the national powerhouses at Texas Tech and almost pull off the upset in uh, in Lubbock. So at this point, still early in the season, but what can we make of Jay Ladner's basketball Eagles? Well, uh, a little inconsistent for some players, but overall, I mean, uh, if you can hang with Texas Tech on their home court right before the start of conference play, that's a good sign. Uh, we've seen some positive signs, and we've seen them kind of take a step back. The North Florida game was a game they really, really needed uh, just because they knew they were trying to go in the Tech, and they had this tough start to conference play against uh, Louisiana Tech back-to-back. Then you have UTEP and UTSA, who are expected to be solid teams in conference this year. So uh, you don't really have quite the momentum that you would hope coming up the losses to, to Texas Tech and North Florida, but you would think they would come away with some confidence especially uh, from that Texas Tech game, especially through Davies Train and Dave Watson. Those guys are really giving them a good play on the perimeter and shooting the ball well. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a matter of kind of Jay Malone's done fine kind of running the show at, at the point, and maybe that's kind of the answer is just let him run run the point and let Watson and, and Drain get out and try to make things happen, uh, uh, shoot the ball well and get to the basket. So, uh, they really need Jack Domi back. Uh, he didn't play at Texas Tech, and he's got that high ankle sprain that's always kind of iffy. Uh, so if they can get him back for conference play, uh, that would be a big deal, and that would put some depth in the backcourt. And, of course, Tyler Stevenson has played really well here in recent weeks. So uh, this Southern Miss team has that potential. Uh, we just has, haven't seen them quite come close to fulfilling that potential. So I think it's something right. during conference Pat- play they're capable of winning three to four games in a row. Patrick, thanks very much. Merry Christmas to you. We'll talk to you next week. Merry Christmas, Patrick. All right. Thanks. Merry Christmas to y'all. The Eagle Hour continues from Bocoma Casino in Sandersville in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Not just any Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour originating live from the Bocoma Casino in Sandersville today. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmark, the big yellow building right across from the main entrance of the campus on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. We've talked about all the Southern Myth clothes that are there, but keychains, uh, coffee mugs, anything where the Golden Eagle logo can be put on. They've got license plate covers, everything for the graduate. You can even get their diplomas framed, I think, find frames for the, the diplomas. Everything that you need to know that is Southern Miss related as far as swag and gear goes, campusbookmart.net. You can reach them online 24 hours a day where you never have to leave your home. Kelly Sander and Todd Elsey here at Bocoma today. Todd, the host of the Tuesday and Wednesday morning Good Morning Jones County program on our Laurel Station, Bob Getty and Luke Johnson uh, off today. Joining us now here at Bocoma is Chris Hopwood, who's the director of the sports book. He's been on with us here before, and we welcome you, Chris. Lots of exciting things going on here at the casino just a week or so here before Christmas. Yeah, we have our ninth anniversary coming up tomorrow with the big festivities with the... uh so at 4 o'clock, we have, we're have we giving away a cake and T-shirts for the first 500 guests. And then at 6 o'clock, we got our R&B star, uh, Sir Charles, which was a big concert for us last time he was here. So that should be impact again. Now, the first thing you're giving away is T-shirts and what? Cake. Cake. Okay. <laughs> I, knowing the way I think, I thought you said keg and, and T-shirts. And I'm going to say, I need to be here for, for sure if they're giving away a keg and T-shirts. But no, cake and T-shirts. Hard to believe it's been nine years, huh? Yeah. I mean, I've only been here a year, so I was here for the last, for eight, for number eight. So it was it was uh, kind of packed watching the, uh, the crowd here for this. And so it'll probably be packed here again. And then, like I said, with Sir Charles coming at six, that was a big deal here. Um, cars were parked all along the back street out there. They couldn't even get in here. There's so much parking. Because the concerts here at Bocoma, if you're familiar with the layout, they're actually conducted in the in the parking lot. Right. Right? Yeah. So, and you've got a $30,000 holiday riches or something that's also going to take part of the uh, of the festivities here near Christmas. So somebody can well, certainly yeah. take care of Christmas there. Wow. Yeah, that looks like that's on... I'm not really familiar with that, but that looks like it's Thursday and Friday between 6 and 10 o'clock. They use their Players Club card when they're playing, and they'll get called out when they're when something gets hit, when they decide to pull, I guess. And they come they, spin the wheel. So when they spin the wheel, they come yeah, right looking in, right at it. Right inside the front door here. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like the old uh, Wheel of Fortune, except you're you're standing standing up instead of sitting down. But, but there's no bankrupt on this board. It, like, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get something for every, whatever you get. You can get something. And you said you, you said their Players' Cup card. And, and They have to have the Players' Cup card in the machine when they're playing. And if they hit, then they'll be called. Now, they'll be, yeah. now we want to talk about hit. You guys avoided a hit. By and large, but the tornado came through here the other night and just what a hundred yards close to the casino here. It was a close call. Yeah, I mean, I, I was up at the Pearl River with Golden Moon, but we saw it on surveillance with the, what was going on, and uh, yeah, it was it was really close. You, when the lightning struck, you would see the, the funnel cloud that was out there that was, and the awnings got ripped off the building, but nothing happened to the, the casino itself. And actually, the casino itself is built to maintain a hurricane category four, I believe, three or four. Uh, so the building itself wouldn't necessarily have been in. in that much jeopardy, and as it turns out, it was just the, the real perimeter of. Yeah, the we just had property. a couple awnings ripped off, but the, the everything else is intact. And getting to talk to the security folks here, I was talking to, to Iggy and some of the guys earlier, and they were saying it took once it was determined that the tornado was going to be as close as it was. It took a minute and a half, Todd, a minute and a half for the security people here to get everybody, and there was about 150 players, I think, in the in the building at the time. 
a minute and a half to get everybody to safety. Now, that's having a plan and putting it in place. It is, and if you're from South Mississippi, you, you're, you've dealt with tornadoes before. You know how dangerous they can be. So people know, go go take shelter when they tell you to take shelter. So congratulations, though, to your security staff. We, we, as we came in, Sandersfield, there's some there's some serious damage at the town. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I drove in this morning from Pearl River, and I, I saw some, most of the, the trees cut down, basically cut in half with the wind. I mean, I've never been through a tornado myself up that close. I mean, I grew up in Miami. I mean, we had hurricanes. I went through a Category 5 there with tornadoes following it, but never like this. <laughs> yeah, and you said the electric crews are actually still out there uh, working on transformers and whatnot. But Chris Hopwood's with us. He's the director of the sports book here at Bocoma Casino. Big ninth anniversary celebration here tomorrow. And then the, uh, the Christmas giveaway coming up, the Holiday Riches contest taking place here with the wheel right inside the front door. We want to talk about the sports book because we've got our odd sheets here in front of us. And so if betting on full games wasn't enough, Chris. Now you can bet halftime spreads on football, for example, and basketball. Yeah, we have we have first half lines, we have second half lines. Some uh, NBA, we have the first. You can bet on the first quarter before the game starts. I mean, if you if you have our mobile app, you can actually bet the in play as the game's going along. I mean, right now because as busy as we are here, we can't really have the in play on the kiosk like we used to. So they need to get the app if they want to bet in play as the game's going along because uh, it, it's just too busy here not to to have a machine tied up that long. And last time we were here, we were telling you about the app. You download it. You have to be on the property here at uh, Pearl River Resort. You you down uh, check that Bocoma Casino. You download the app, and then when you're on the property, you can. You really don't even have to come into the building as long as you're on the campus. No, yeah, you can just be right outside in the parking lot and you still make a bet without having to come in. Right. So, so in in-game bets, like who's going to score the first touchdown, or you we, know. we don't have those props yet. But you, okay. as, as as the game's going, you'll see the the line adjust by the pace of the game and what's going on. So that you can bet with a, a new spread depending on like if the Saints were up or down, or so the misses up or down, the, the line will adjust as the game's going along. I wonder how long. Um, I wonder how long like halftime and quarter bets have even existed because back when i was a younger man it was you just bet on the game and that was it i mean in vegas we've always taken the half bets and first and second half bets we took we usually take the first four quarters but it you don't really get a lot of action on the like second third and fourth quarter because once the game starts those come down and you don't take any more bets on it right so the in play is kind of taken over for those bets so so i would guess you could have as much as many as 10 whatever 12 bets on any one particular game yeah depending on the way the spread moves. and then like the sunday night football game or in like when there's a Thursday night game, we'll have prop bets with rushing yards, passing yards on the different players from both teams. So there's, and we're trying, and we're trying to increase the content. Right now, I mean, we're we're still independent by ourselves, trying to do this all ourselves. So we don't have the the Vegas behind us. So we're just trying to create more things for the guests to do. But in Philadelphia, you've got the sports kiosks, and and uh, what's the the status of the? Well, we have those new crystal terminals there. We're hoping after the trials over, we'll be able to bring some down here to have them work here because I think they'll actually work out pretty well with the guests that are down here that that like to play. Plus, it gives another avenue to to get bets in with. But, you know, coming up here on bowl season and <laughs> Friday, yeah, right. Uh, and and as a as a sports book better, I would think the bowl season would be a lot more difficult to bet because you have teams that are not in the same conference, they haven't played each other in years, and some teams really aren't that excited to be in a bowl. You take an Alabama, they might not care about being in a bowl game because they're not in the in playoff. The big one, yeah. But Michigan might really. Oh, we're playing Alabama. Let's go get them. But you can't judge that really. So I, I would assume it's more difficult to bet during the bowl season. It, it's more up in the air for the games because like you said you don't know if some of the kids are getting ready to go to the nfl and don't really care as much or, or might not even be playing because they're 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 yeah so it, it makes things a little tougher for both sides for us and for the guests of what they're betting on you, 
you've got two sheets here worth of bowl games, and they don't even cover all of them because we just had to look up on the app for the Southern Miss game. And, and Kelly and I will get more into the spreads on the Conference USA games in the fourth segment. But if, if you uh, – there's no shortage of college football bowl games, let's put it that way. No, and then you get the playoffs and then the championship one that follows. And I mean, you got the, this weekend we got three NFL games on Saturday, and then you got the full uh, – the rest full of the game slate, on yeah. Sunday. So. All right, so, Chris, do you know – and I might be, I might be throwing you a curveball here – but as we speak, do we know who the favorite is to win the Super Bowl? To win the Super Bowl right now is the Ravens. The, the Ravens. Ravens have become the favorite now. Wow. Yeah, with everything Lamar Jackson's doing and what the Ravens' defense is doing, yeah, they're, they're the favorite. I think they're uh, plus 150, so 3-2 to two to, win the, to win the championship. Okay, so where would the Saints be in that, that line? The Saints right know? now are fourth choice because the wow. Patriots are second choice. Okay. And I, I'm not going to get up right here on the app. And it's <laughs> oh, look at, look at Mr. Hotshot with his app over here. <laughs> That's right. We can You're talking about prop bets. Or with the Super Bowl, it can get crazy. You, you can bet on the over-under for how long the national anthem is going to take to be sung. Oh, wow. If I was singing the national anthem, I would. <laughs> you get to those last two lines and speak you it up fix really that one pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, so actually we have the Saints as a, the third choice. The Chiefs would be the fourth choice. Okay, so Patriots still number two. Yes. And, and the Patriots, because of that experience... You know, yeah, I, mean, I would think it, they've it, been there so many times. They're the champ, not playing yeah, well until now. You get, until you get knocked out, you can't take Tom Brady and Bill Belichick for granted. They're not playing well right now, though. You're right. Well, most of the fans I hear talking, they don't think that the Ravens can beat them. But I mean, what Lamar Jackson already did to them once. <laughs> well, and and the thing is, is is uh, if New England doesn't have home field advantage, I mean. You know, this is the, be the first time in a long time, if these standings hold, that New England wouldn't be playing the AFC Championship game, you know, at home. Right. So that that's always been a big advantage to them. I am guessing, Chris Hopwood, that the people who make these lines for you and so on have got to come from a math background and somehow... Well, we do our own lines. I mean, we have a service that, that sets the content up for us, but we do everything else ourselves. I mean, we have access to all the lines in the industry around the world, and then we just play off of it depending on what's going on in this region. I mean, we with the Southern Miss, we get Southern Miss play here, or with Alabama play, we get up at, at Pearl River. So we we have to adjust our lines, or else we would be getting a, giving up a loss most of the time. Do you remember what the the biggest sway in a line was from where it started? In, in, in instance, not necessarily with those two schools. I mean, but usually it happens with an injury. It's not really a, a sway in it. If, if there's an injury that comes down at the last minute, we'll have something. I mean, there was a basketball game the other night. I think when they announced that uh, Anthony Davis wasn't playing, the line moved four and a half points. Oh wow! But the, it's all injuries are usually what cause the biggest line moves. Okay, so now very quickly as we as we wrap up this segment, uh, the ninth anniversary tomorrow. Is there anything special people have to do other than get here early? Because you yeah, they, they need to get here early. Um, but the first five hundred at four o'clock are the ones that get the cake and the t-shirts. And then of course, uh, I don't know the parking. I don't think they're going to be able to park on premise because they're going to be it's going to be too packed with the concert. Okay, well that's that's all tomorrow. The ninth anniversary celebration. Once you get here, you'll learn more about the uh, holiday riches giveaway that's also taking place this weekend before Christmas. All at the Bocoma Casino in Sandersville. Chris Hopwood, continued success. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Thanks yes, for having sir. Me. We'll take a break. When we come back, more Southern Miss football with co-offensive coordinator Scotty Walden. That's next as the Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. This Thursday, December 19th edition of the Eagle Hour, originating live from the Bocoma Casino in Sandersville. 
We're just on the other side of the damage. Some trees, you know, down, but but you can get to the to the casino. And um, again, congratulations to that crew. A, a minute and a half it took for everybody to get to safety here. And there was some awning damage and things here, but but those were kind of two buildings on the periphery. Don't forget the ninth anniversary celebration coming up tomorrow here at Pocoma at four o'clock when things really get rocking and rolling. They'll have cake and free T-shirts to the first 500 guests, and then Rhythm and Blues star Sir Charles will be performing. And they had a huge crowd last time, so you want to make sure to get here early. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill within the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium. 4th Street, the perfect place to pregame, whether it's a basketball game at Reed Green Coliseum, a football game at The Rock, or maybe even the new Star Wars movie that's coming out this weekend. And speaking of anniversaries, they've got a big anniversary celebration going on tomorrow at 4th Street. About 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, they'll be playing cornhole, they'll be playing, have a Connect Four tournament, all sorts of specials going on at 4th Street Barn Grill. Great place to shoot some pool as well. Big supporters of this program, and we are supporters of our friends at 4th Street Barn Grill. I want to welcome in Scotty Walden right now. Coach, my name's Todd Elsie. Thank you for joining us. Hey, hey, Todd. I appreciate you guys having me. Todd, about it. Yes, sir. I was reading here, we're going to talk to you about here, but the bowl game coming up and some recruiting things too, but you were at one point the youngest uh, head football coach in all of NCAA football, the age of 26. And I want to yeah. ask you this question, too. I saw a quote attributed to you. It's been a few years ago. But you said yeah. that you don't drink coffee because you wake up jacked. Is that still the case? <laughs> that, 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 is stayed, that has stayed the same. I turned 30 this year. and uh, I'm, I'm out of my 20s now, but uh, that has stayed the same. <laughs> Well, well, good for you, and, and you know, yeah. just another one of those, you know, great young offensive minds. And it's wonderful to have you here at uh, at Southern Miss going into this bowl season. You see, this is your third season at USM, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, this is my third season here at Southern. Yep. So let's talk about uh, your signing class yesterday, Coach. What you some some offensive uh, fireworks there uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the part of early signing day. Give us your uh, your thoughts. Uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, I think it's the best signing class, um, especially offensively, we've had since at least I've been here. I think that, uh, you know, we, we went out as a coaching staff. I think every single coach on this staff did a great job of uh, collaborating. You know, a lot of times, you know, you'll have guys that kind of want to take a guy over, and whether it's his position or not. But I think, you know, Derek Nicholson and Chris Boone on the defensive side did a great job of uh, letting me get in the fold with, you know, uh, some of those wide outs and that they had in their area, Tim Billings as well, and we tag-teamed it and, um, you know, really excited about the offensive guys coming in uh, from Tykeen Dawes, you know, all the way to Jason Brownlee and Frank Gore Jr. today and, and Antoine Robinson, Brandon Hayes, and, you know, uh, Ragsdale. I mean, just, you know, we, we, we got an explosive group and we addressed a lot of needs, you know, especially in the receiver room. We you know we're graduating four guys, um, you know, with DeMichael Harris, Neil McLaurin, Trevor Terry, and Jordan Mitchell. You know, you lose four guys like that that are blue guys and just played a lot of ball. You got to go replace them, and uh, I think we addressed our needs. And I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more excited about these guys coming in. Coach Walden, what are the pros and cons of the junior college uh, going the junior college route? You hear, you hear all these people who, by the way, have never coached a college football game in their life. But a lot of these people, oh well, the, any school that goes junior college heavy, man, they're pushing the panic button. You know, what are the pros and cons of? getting the JUCO guys as opposed to the high school kids? Yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's, there's pros and cons of everything. And I think, you know, the JUCO deal is, you know, if, you know, I've always believed that if you have a need, if you if you get caught where you've got multiple guys graduating in a, in a, in a room, like I have at the wide receiver position, 
Um, I think you have to blend in junior college guys to fill that void because if you if you go out and if we sign, let's say we sign four high school kids to come in and, and replace these four guys that I'm losing, well, you know, chances are maybe one or two of them ready to play their first year, but you know, freshmen, you know, a lot of times need a year. Now nowadays, where we get them in the summertime and we can get more time with them, you know, I think there's more freshmen that are ready to play now than ever. But still, you, you got to be careful. And so I think whenever you have a room where there's multiple people graduating, I think you do have to fill that void with some junior college guys. Now, if your whole signing class year in and year out is junior college, junior college for four years, then I think you're in trouble. I think you, I think you can obviously. You know, you can get back up there. So, obviously, you got to be careful. You know, you can kind of fall in this junior college track to where, you know, you go and sign the majority of your class. Junior college, you feel great about it at the time, but you flip it around two years, and now you're back, you're back trying to play the catch-up game again. And so, I think you got to be careful, but I do think there's a time and place for it because um, if you're losing multiple guys in the room, productive guys, I mean, the four guys in my room are starters, uh, you know, and they play a lot of ball. And so, when you have four guys that play for you, that you're losing, well, you got to go replace them with guys that are ready to play. And we think Jason Brownlee and Antoine Robinson, uh, without a question, are ready to come in and, and help this program. Co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach Scotty Wallens with us here on the Eagle Hour from the Bocoma Casino in Sandersville. Coach, one of the things that jumps out to me on your resume, which to me makes you qualified to coach football at the highest level, was your experience at Dort College. <laughs> In Sioux Center, <laughs> Iowa, I am an I am an Iowa native, and Come when somebody now. said where in the yes, then somebody said where the heck is Dort College? I said I know exactly where Dort is. I spent a week there one Sunday. Wow! Wow! How do you get? It is. How did you get to Dort College? So I, uh, you know, you know, to be honest with you, that was the uh, that was the only school in America that offered me a scholarship. <laughs> and so, uh, oh wow! You know, I, you know, th- there wasn't a lot of people in the market for a five-nine quarterback, and so uh, you know, a, a school came down my with the uh, they had they had just started the program, and the defensive coordinator was a Texas guy, and he ended up signing about thirty Texas guys from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, John Hebner, the head coach, I'll never forget. Uh, you know, to this day, I mess with him. You know, I'm like, man, you can sell a red popsicle to a lady in a white dress. I'm just telling you, man. You, uh, you know, he was one of the best recruiters out there. He, he got us up there and sold us and did a heck of a job. And, and uh, you know, I was, I was, you know, I wanted to, you know, my big deal, you know, is I wanted to get, get a chance. If I was, you know, playing small college ball, I wanted to play. I didn't want to, you know, sit on the bench. And this was a startup program. And um, they were giving me, you know, as much money as I could. And that really, I appreciated that. And so I took that opportunity and, uh, you know, uh, one one uh, one one deal on my resume, no one can ever take away from me, is, is I led Dort College in the first win in school history. So, boom, there it is. All right, Coach, tell us about the two-lane Green Wave defense and what uh, how because you guys get ready for the yeah. Can you guys hear me? All right. A little bit of trouble with your cell phone. We can hear you. We can hear you, though. So did, okay, did you hear you. the last question about how problematic uh, Tulane's defense might be for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you on that. Yeah, so Tulane is, uh, you know, obviously studying those guys. Um, you know, they have uh, they've done a heck of a job with that program, Coach Fritz and their staff. And defensively, they do a great job mixing up the fronts. You know, they present a lot of problems because uh, they've got a huge nose guard, and uh, he's a kid that we think uh, – you know he, he he's a he's a bull and he's he's a kid we got to contain and then 
you go from the D line out to the linebackers. I think you know, you know, they're twenty eight and thirty five. Both their backers, those guys are extremely long and athletic and can run. And um, and then in the secondary, they do a good job of mixing up things and not just showing you one picture. And I think always as an offense, if the defense is showing you multiple pictures, I think you've got to really study them and you got to really make sure that you're uh, honing into any giveaways or anything that uh, can tip you off um, to what coverage they're about to rotate to or about what you're going to see. And, you know, they've got a really good secondary. I think number 26 is a Laurel kid. And, um, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a really good player at corner. Number two, their safety is a, is a, um, a stud. I think he flies around to the football really well. And um, they, their backup safety, uh, Larry Brooks, number 31, is, uh, you know, he, he leads their team in interceptions. Uh, he's got three picks. And so, you know, they've got some guys that they like to bounce around and uh, they fly around. They're well coached. And uh, so we got, we, you know, I think right now we've done a great job putting together a good plan for them. And our kids have been extremely uh, just energetic at practice. If any of you guys have been to our practices this week, it's been a lot of fun flying around. And uh, guys are getting after it, uh, transitioning drill to drill, playing with great tempo and energy. And, uh, you know, it's been really fun. But, uh, you know, Tulane has a really good defense, and, and we're going to have to be prepared for them. Coach Scotty Walden, it's no secret that uh, Jack Abraham did not finish the season very strongly. Um, so from an emotional and mental standpoint, how do you coach him uh, getting ready for this bowl game now? Yeah, we know what Jack is, and we know he's you know one of the best quarterbacks we feel you know in the conference and in the country. I think he's one of the most accurate passers out there. And, I, you know, we always take responsibility as coaches first. You know, we're never um, looking at things where, man, this kid, that, you know, and We'll address things, obviously, if we feel like a young man didn't play well. And, uh, but we're always looking at ourselves first as coaches. And I think Buster Faulkner, our offensive coordinator, does a better job of that than anybody I've been around. Is he, he's not a guy to quick point the finger at a player. He, we're going you know, to look in that mirror at us first. And, and I think that you know, we probably had a little too much going into those two games. You know? and, and, and that's on us as a coaching staff. That's not on one person. That's that's probably on me as much as anybody. I, I bring Coach Faulkner way too many ideas during the week and, and uh, too, probably too much uh, passing games, uh, you know. But, um, and, and Coach, but Coach Faulkner is one of the best I've been around at coaching quarterbacks and getting those guys reeled in. And I think Zach has been 10 points since he's gotten back. We kind of had a chance to breathe a little bit after that last game and, uh, and kind of just, um, you know, reassess everything and make sure that um, – we're not overloading him or overloading the wideouts or the O-line or the running backs. So make sure that everybody feels confident in their job and doing their job, doing their 111 full speed. And I think no matter the scheme that you run, if your kids have confidence in what they're doing, they will play extremely fast. And, you know, we're, we're going to make sure that we have a plan that's concise, that's uh, simple but effective. And, uh, and okay, we'll allow Coach, our Coach I'm sorry. We're against, we're against a hard break here. we got to go. But thank you for your time, Coach Scotty Walden. Thanks, buddy. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on, guys. Appreciate it. Eagle Hour continues from the Volcoma Casino in a moment. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, everybody, to the fourth and final segment of the Eagle Hour here at Bocoma Casino in Sandersville, Mississippi. This fourth segment is brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg. Kelly, what's that phone number? It's 601. Of course, we all know that, right? 
5449630. That's it. That would be a wonderful present if I was able to walk out into the driveway and saw a big red bow on that new uh, Toyota Camry or whatever they may have. So go see our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg. Been in business for many, many years. Brand new dealership right out Highway 98. Not far from the office back in, uh, back in right. Oak Grove. All right, hey, we got we brought Christopher Hopwood back in, the uh, sports book director here at Bocoma Casino, and we've got our our sheets right in front of us, Kelly. We always like to get here and grab these first off, and I don't really get into the basketball very much, but we circled some pro football and college games that we can kind of get into. The fact that you're even taking money on the Cincinnati Bengal Miami Dolphin game. <laughs> That's what makes it more interesting. I mean, there's two pillow fights of the week, and they involve you and Mr. Bob Getty with the Giants and the and the Redskins and the Bengals and whoever they're. And the Dolphins. The Dolphins. I mean, like four of the worst five teams in the NFL. Can play they each all other. four just forfeit and practice for next year? I think they'd probably prefer that, you know, or, or do the rock paper scissors <laughs> thing. But see, that, but see, that's what makes the games more interesting. You have money on it now; you'll watch it. It does make it more fun, even on a game like that where it doesn't have any playoff implications. Right. But if you've got a dollar or two on it, then you're really invested in the game. Yeah. Now I want to I want to go over again. We've, we've talked about it before, but if somebody does want to bet at the sports book here, it's not just a matter of going up and saying I want to place because you have to pre pre fund like on the app, for example. You have to you have to fund your account. Yeah. No, if you on the app on the app, you have to fund it ahead of time. You yeah. Can, you can also fund that at the cage and not into the sports book because sometimes you'll come in here Saturday and Sunday and it's packed. You won't even get to the line, so right. it's easier just to go to the cage and put your money on the account there. But, the, yeah, the, at the counter, you just present cash, and you can make a bet there with the, the clerks we have working there. But So remember, if you are going to bet using the app or whatnot, you have to fund it ahead of time, and you cannot fund it with a credit card or a debit card. It has to be cash. Currently, yes. We're working on the other app option, but uh, right now it's just cash. But what you can do with this app is you can sit at home, and you can see all the lines and the spreads and go ahead and have your, your bets placed in your mind, write them all down drive up here, drive right back out, because you don't have to sit here and, and study. You can if you want to. Right. Right. And, and the best option is if, if you've ever been here on Saturday or Sunday, or basically almost every day with college, with basketball now in place, it's, it's hard to get to the counter and get bets in there. I mean, we have long lines every single day down there, and he, he I feel bad for the long. customers, but uh, I mean, we, that's why we have the app as an option. Hey, I wonder with all these scratch-offs and stuff that you can do now, what, what effect do we think that's going to have on on you know casinos like Bocoma and some of the the casinos all over the state. Is there any way of knowing? Everyone likes to gamble. It's not going. It's probably not going to affect it too much. I mean, it might take some people's if they have limited income away. But I mean, it's just gambling. Maybe they'll win on the lottery and come here and make a bet. <laughs> well, not not very many odds makers are too impressed, Chris Hopwood, with uh, Conference USA because all but one Conference USA team is an underdog in the bowl season this year. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's bad, but I mean, you you have coaches leaving. To go from going from a decent program, making that program a little worse, because so you don't know how much the kids are going to play for the, the new interim coaches. Who usually is not going to stay there. It's a one-off deal. And <laughs> and, and but I but I, I was joking in the break. You guys got one wrong. I know. I can tell you right now that you've got Iowa State, a four-point underdog against Notre Dame, and clearly, clearly Iowa State is going to whoop the Fighting Irish. Uh, in their bowl game down in Orlando on December 28th. Don't you know, though, that the kids from Notre Dame and Iowa are, are very, very happy to be going to Orlando, Florida during this time of year? <laughs> oh, yeah, instead of being in instead 10 being feet of snow. Drifts. <laughs> Correct. And for those of you that have been dying to know, we were talking with Scotty Walden, quarterback and quarterback's coach and co-offensive coordinator in our last segment, how he played at Dort College in Sioux Center, Iowa, the mascot for Dort are the defenders. 
the not much Dort's offense there. Defenders. Um, as opposed to half of the guys that I know that I that I hang out with would be the offender. Offenders. <laughs> Go to the security room like you were at earlier. Hey, let's let's talk about USM game real quick. And, and like you said, there's only one uh, conference USA team that's favored. That's Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, which means obviously USM is not favored. They were seven point uh, underdogs. Yeah, they're July. currently a seven point underdog right now. Southern Miss seven point underdog. Yes. Historically dominated the series. Where did it start? Do we, we know where the line kind of, starts? We've kind of been right around seven all, the whole time. Okay. All right. And, of course, the idea in these sort of things, from your guys' standpoint, is have a, you know, we care that Southern Miss wins, but from a business standpoint, you just want as much money on one side as on the other. That's the theoretical of what you're trying to do, but right. the, no, I mean, it, it doesn't always happen. Sure. There's always decisions going back and forth. Sure, but that's but that's the way it works. It's great to be here at the Bocoma Casino here on December 19th. Don't forget uh, the big uh, celebration tomorrow beginning at 4 o'clock. First 500 get cake and T-shirts. Uh, the concert coming up after that and the big uh, $30,000 Holloway Riches giveaway coming up as well. Tomorrow we're actually going to be on location at Ramey Motors in Purvis as the Eagle Hour continues. It's We ought to get... Some T-shirts. This is like, the last one of the year tomorrow that we're that we're not in the studio. Okay, and that's tomorrow at uh, at Purvis. But as always, we have a great time here at the Bocoma Casino. Chris Hopwood, thanks again, buddy. Yes, Ryan great. Griffin. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Yeah, and we're glad everybody was here safe. There is some damage around the area, but you can get to and from the casino. The the crews make sure that that's that that's the case. So come and enjoy a great time as always at Bocoma. Uh, Bocoma Casino in Sandersville. <laughs> Brandon Wallace is our on-site producer. Michael Morgan's back in the bank first first bank studios. I've got everything messed up here. <laughs> Todd Elsey and Kelly Sanders saying thank you for letting us be ourselves on the radio. Have a great weekend until we talk to you tomorrow from Ramey's and Purvis, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.